2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast
2: on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. It is the Roundtable edition of our show, Get Ready, for Auburn's second straight top 10 game on the road. They go to number nine, Ole Miss. It's the first time since 2011 that Auburn has played top 10 teams on the road in consecutive weeks. Of course, Ole Miss is off to another strong start under Lane Kiffin. They are looking to start 7-0. Guys, I was looking it up. It's only the second time since 1962 that this team has started 7-0. So an opportunity, of course, for Ole Miss to kind of get the auburn monkey off of their backs and because auburn's had a lot of success in the series of course joined as always by mark murphy jason caldwell and philip marshall and um you know jason we were talking about it a couple days ago and there's a couple streaks here for auburn this game in the arkansas series that they don't you know saying they need to be intact but like you just if auburn were to lose those those two games that they don't they don't really have any impressive winning streaks in the sec this is one you look back, and Lane Kiffin has talked about it this week. It's been a frustrating series for this Ole Miss team. Um, they feel like they've been the better team over the past couple seasons. They, they certainly felt like they were the better team last year. Of course, that Ole Miss team, the only other team they lost to in the regular season was Alabama. They went 10-2 and in the regular season. Might have been in the hunt for the playoff if they hadn't lost to Auburn. But this one has a little bit different of a feeling than we're used to because Ole Miss is a two-touchdown favorite. Um, biggest uh, biggest Biggest spread in the series for them in the in this matchup in, in over 20 years yes yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting
0: matchup it really is uh, as we as we dig in and dive into it a little bit but you look at Ole Miss and they, they really hadn't I mean Kentucky's the best team they played in Kentucky basically pulled to Missouri and kind of handed Ole Miss a win in that game um you know this is a team that's put up some pretty good offensive numbers their defensive numbers are, are much much better um you know this Auburn offense, you know, obviously leaves a lot to be desired. But this Auburn defense is, is is still playing pretty well until they just wear out completely, and it'll be far by far the best defense that, that Ole Miss has faced this season. So, you know, can Auburn, you know, do a couple of things to 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 you know make this a game? And, and you know, I think they can. Uh, you know, I, I, I still have questions about this Ole Miss team. Obviously, I have a lot of questions about this Auburn teams too after six games. But you look and. and whatever reason, um, this is a game that Auburn seems to play pretty well. You know, you you mentioned Ole Miss-Arkansas. They've beaten both of those teams six straight times, and they seem to play good in those games. Um, And so you you start looking at this one. And on the other side of the coin, you mentioned Lane Kiffin. You know, after, you know, know, last season and, and, you know, just obviously with everything going on, I I would expect Lane Kiffin and, you know, quite a few – Well, there's a couple of former Auburn players on the roster and then a bunch of kids from Alabama that are going to be pretty fired up to play this game on Saturday.
2: Yeah, Mark, Auburn's got a few Mississippians, most notably, of course, Derek Hall there along the defensive line. Jarquez Hunter is also going to be um, their honorary captain for this week. Talking about the Auburn's offense with with Jarquez Hunter and, and Tank Bigsby trying to get that running game going. Like Jason mentioned, this is an Ole Miss defense that has improved um, a little bit here in the early stages, midway through the season, rather. Uh, Brian Harson said this week you know, it, it was a group he actually felt was a little underrated last year. He felt like they they played a little bit better than they were given credit for, but it's it's obviously not as talented a group as as they saw last week in Georgia. But it is still not an easy task for for a struggling Auburn offense to go up against this week.
3: Yeah, I think this is one of the better all Miss defenses I've seen in recent years. 2020, they were horrible, uh, low, close to 40 points a game. They were better last season, but Auburn had Bo Nix when they played in this game, and he was more than good enough to give Auburn a 30-21 to 21 win. And because they had to worry about Nix, that opened up running room for Tank Bigsby, who had 140 yards. Auburn just had a real good all-around game but I think the rosters have changed Ole Miss has made a huge uh, change in what it's doing they brought in all these transfers and a lot of these guys are helping particularly on defense and normally when Auburn plays Ole Miss you could just look at the players out there and and assume that Auburn has better players and that's the case and Auburn would just have to mess up to lose the game but this year it's different Ole Miss has played like a a better team I agree with Jason I'm not sure all Miss is as good as it is ranked. They're ranked ninth in the country. I, I don't believe they're the ninth best team in the country. I don't believe they've beaten anybody particularly good other than Kentucky. And, you know, they really, Kentucky should have won that game at Oxford. But uh, the way Auburn's playing right now, it's a real uphill struggle to see them win an SEC game on the road.
2: Yeah, you look at some of these results on the schedule here um... – their opener against Troy only scoring twenty eight points there. Of course, that's a, that's a season opener. You're figuring stuff out, and then like you talked about that that Kentucky game was as close as it could be. Um, they were only one score away from from Tulsa. That was a thirty five to twenty seven game. Um, Philip, you know, timing is everything, and and this is one that like we mentioned, Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss program they want to get pretty badly to get uh, you know to kind of snap this losing streak. Here in the season, but also to have an opportunity to prove themselves right. um, as, a, as, a, as a top 10 program. Of, you know, to, this is a team that, that is going to welcome Alabama to Oxford um, later in the season. They've had a few of these opportunities the past couple seasons, and Auburn, obviously, like we talked about, was a big reason why. I mean, they could have been, again, they could have been an 11-1 and team in the hunt for the playoff last season. And so it's just yet again, again, uh, again, the last time this happened, the last time Auburn played two top 10 teams on the road in consecutive weeks was 2011. Um, it's just a. It's just a. It's. It's not an easy task for Auburn to to get into the bye week with a with a win here.
1: You know, Mississippi State also thought they got robbed in 2020. They thought the ball hit. Uh, uh, who was the kickoff return guy? Jason
2: it's Shivers, right? Yeah, yeah Shivers. He, 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 he they he thought was, the ball hit his yeah. finger, and
1: then they recovered in the end zone and. uh <laughs> It wasn't called, it was reviewed, and it still wasn't called. It was really, really, really close, and, uh, uh, and if that happens, they win that game. Uh, but I, I just think uh, this this Auburn team is is struggling so much. I, I uh, and even 11 a.m. It sounds like they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a full house, and th- how much this game means to, to Lane Kiffin, how much it means to, I think one of the one of the dangers for teams like Auburn and LSU in a year like this one, when they're not very good, they're still who they are, and teams still get excited about playing them. And, uh, and Ole Miss is certainly going to be excited about playing them. And, uh, again, you know, turnovers in the white can change everything. Uh, if if lightning was to strike and Auburn was to cause more than they get or something like that. Uh, but – they're going to do what everybody's done. They're going to do whatever it takes to stop the running game, and and then they're uh, Auburn to beat and throwing the ball. And I don't think Auburn can do that. And uh, uh, you know Auburn's won eighteen out of twenty-two this century from Ole Miss. They're nine and two at home and nine and two in Oxford. But this one just has a different feel to me, and uh, you have to wonder where players and coaches heads are they know what's they're not they're not oblivious to what's going on around them and uh it just to me it's just hard for me to see this Auburn team beating anybody on the road I I wouldn't be completely stunned because just because of the history but that's the only thing that makes me think Auburn has a chance which uh isn't much of a reason to think they have a chance (laughs)
2: Yeah, to your point. I mean, you look at what Tennessee did to LSU on Saturday. They felt pretty good about that. They weren't, you know, nobody was discounting at least from the Tennessee end that win because it was a down LSU team. They were super excited to get that big of a win. Exactly um, in, in in Baton Rouge, and so yeah, Ole Miss will definitely be be up for this game, Jason. You look at um, Ole Miss's offense, and you know it's funny Lane Kiffin did it again on the teleconference today. He's just been so pestered the past couple of years about people thinking they're, they're such a throw first team when I think they've been top five in rushing the past two past two seasons. They certainly are this year with a, with a pair of really, really talented running backs. Um, mainly one of the best true freshmen we've seen in a while. in Quinchon Judkins, a guy uh, from the state of Alabama who is going to be very excited to play in this game as well. And then you've got Zach Evans, the, the TCU transfer, even Ulysses Bentley, the SMU transfer as a, as a number three guy, as they're sort of, not figuring things out with Jackson Dart, but he's just not, he's not Matt Corral. He's not an NFL quarterback right now. They have a good passing game, um, but really this is, this is just one of the more efficient in terms of yards per carry um, yards per game in terms of explosiveness from those guys. This is one of the better rushing attacks in, in the entire country.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at it. And it's really something that has evolved for Lane Kiffin really since he was OC at Alabama, you kind of saw it trending that way with him once he, you kind of had that, you know, the USC and and Raiders and Tennessee, all those things. They were a throw first offense very much. So it was, it was more of a. And they ran the ball more than Kingsbury, but they definitely were a throw first. But you look at it now, and they're a physical running game, and it, it 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 gives you the feel a little bit of of you know Gus Miles on you know two thousand nine two thousand ten type offense. Um, you know, because they can still they use still a lot of tempo. Gus, you know, got out of the tempo game. Uh, a good bit. Lane Kiffin still believes in tempo and they're running the football with it. And you mentioned you know, Quinshawn Judkins, a guy that is, you know, leading the, the the country for freshmen and rushing, one of the top touchdown guys uh, in the country. A guy that, in, in my opinion, would have walked to Auburn had they said, "Hey, we want you." Um, he was offered, but he never really pulled the trigger on him in terms of, "Hey, we want to take you." Okay. So it's another guy that's going to have some some juice to to be ready to go on Saturday playing, you know, school right down the road from him. Zach Evans, former five-star, was the number one running back in the country, uh, bounced around a couple of places, but he's talented. There's no question about that. But Jackson Dart's a pretty good runner too. And so this is going to be a little different type of offense really than than Auburn has faced all year. They faced kind of scramble quarterbacks those first couple of weeks. Penn State ran the ball, but it was kind of more traditional. Um, Georgia ran the ball, more traditional you know Ole Miss and I mean Missouri and LSU were not very good at, at doing that and now you look at this one and, and you know Missouri had some success um and but you look at that Ole Miss Russian attack and the number that just jumps to me when I look at Auburn is is not only are they not very good at stopping the run they're giving up 16 Russian touchdowns in six games um wow. I mean that's it's, it's I mean, most years you would think Auburn's not going to give up anywhere close to 16 rushing touchdowns in a normal season, and they haven't for a while. Um, But you look at it, and that's a number that just screams. And and now they're getting ready to face, by statistics, the best rushing attack they face this season. Um, And that's got to be a a tough proposition for this defense. And it's got to start there. Um, If Auburn wants to have a chance to win this football game Saturday, they cannot let Ole Miss run the football and start getting that tempo going because if they do, with this lack of depth on that defensive front, it's going to be a long night.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at what Georgia did, that was the most rushing yards against the Sovereign team since the 2020 matchup with Georgia. Um, yeah. But, that, you know, it's a little different. It wasn't necessarily um georgia's base identity in that game but it it was kind of a factor of things wearing down in the second half so i I will be interested like you said jason i will be interested to see a team that is run first a team that wants to establish that from from the get-go from the beginning of the first quarter against this auburn defense um because we've kind of seen it grow in success in the second half um for offenses that auburn has faced um mark there's a couple guys that that auburn fans will Recognized there on that old miss defense. Um, of course a couple transfers, Ladarius Tennyson, the uh the nickelback, and then JJ Pegues at Oxford, an Oxford native. Really wasn't a huge surprise for him that that he went back there once he entered the transfer portal. Um Pegues is doing a lot of the same kind of stuff. Um it looks like he's gonna surpass his his tackle total from last year at Auburn. Just you know, rotational defensive tackle that that does plenty. Um, but he's also gotten in the game at fullback a little bit. I, my uh, you know, if I if I was a, if I was a better, maybe maybe some sort of prop on him being a uh, him being a guy down down at the goal line in this game. I don't think that's a terrible that's a terrible thought for what Lane Kiffin might want to do in this game. But then really, you look at Tennyson; he's been fantastic for them. They've got a lot of talent there um in their defensive backfield. That's something Kiffin was talking about today. He's second on the team in tackles for loss. So that that's just an added element to this game. And, and you got to imagine both of those guys will be will be pretty fired up on Saturday.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I think Pagese has probably helped their rushing defense. They're only giving up 3.1 yards per carry, and Ole Miss is rushing for, you know, Jason talked about how good they run it, 5.6 yards per carry. That's good in any league, and uh, uh, it's a huge differential on running uh, offense and defense, and uh, we're just not used to seeing that from Ole Miss. We're used to seeing them, you know, do a lot of run blitzes, take a lot of chances, um, and give up a lot of big plays. And uh, uh, they're they're still going to be aggressive, but I don't think they have to do anything special on defense and pretty much play it close to the vest and and still expect to have success against Auburn. And, and you know, I thought Tennyson was one of Auburn's more talented players last year. Of course, Piggies was too. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, Lane Kiffin said he didn't know either one of these guys really at all he said he tried to recruit uh he's very late in the process but it was too late but he said he he likes them as people as much as he does as players so um and it was also also interesting he said something about somebody asked him today about uh does he look for transfers when they watch a video of other teams and he said Sure, I do. <laughs> you know, he implied they might be looking for some off the Auburn roster uh, uh, as they prepare for this game and other teams down the road too. Didn't say specifically Auburn, but I have a feeling that's what he meant. Yeah,
2: it was a nice little. It was a nice little jab. Well, well positioned. Uh, Jason, by the way, to answer your question, I, I don't know if it was a question, but um, you know, they only gave up half half this many rushing touchdowns all of last season. It was eight. Um, they 16 in 2020 the last time it was more than 16 in a season was 2015 with 24 right. yeah and man, i feel like they can in 2020 that.
0: in 2020 was 10 sec games right right yeah so much, much different your schedule right. yeah
2: and, it, and again it was, it was all six of them against georgia right was was on the ground yeah um, yeah so not the not the best look for that defense at the moment um philip on the other side of the ball you know we we saw a pretty in terms of efficiency uh, not not what you wanted to see from robbie ashford against georgia granted there were a lot of factors not going in his favor Um, the inability to run the ball number one um, the 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 pass rush number two i mean like like we talked about last week they said they couldn't get into third and longs against georgia and then that's exactly what they did um and so you know brian harson talked about this week you know the game plan really just wasn't the same from there and, and and robbie ashford was really just having to think on the fly a lot but you know, you look at the inconsistency for, for them in the passing game. They 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 just have to find something. And this is another there's another pretty decent defensive front. They're going against. it's not Georgia. It's not certainly not Georgia. Right. Um, But it, it it is another decent challenge for for Robbie Ashford. And they absolutely have to find some sort of easier throws for him, something to get him some confidence, because the comp- 13 of 38, I, again, I understand it's Georgia, tons of NFL players. Um, But that passing game absolutely has to find some sort of semblance of life um, if they're going to have any hope of of hanging around in this game. Well, to be honest with you, I don't think Auburn has any hope of beating anybody throwing the ball
1: 38 times. I really don't. Uh, uh, Robbie Ashford is not ready for that. And he is a a great young man who plays really hard, uh, sacrifices his body. But he's he's still playing playing quarterback for the first time in college. And uh and and he's he's not a polished passer or a accomplished passer. And while wow, he's gonna make some plays, he'll make some plays with his legs and he'll make some plays throwing the ball at a given time, but but can he do it consistently? Well, he really hasn't. Uh and uh, Auburn has gotten to if they don't, if they're not able to run the ball, then they won't be able to throw it consistently either. And uh, and Ole Miss, I feel certain, is going to put everybody up on the line of scrimmage and say we're not we're not having it. And if you if you want to throw, if you if you think you need me us, throw it have at it. But we're not going to let you run it. I'll be very surprised if they don't do that. And uh, and Auburn hasn't had an answer for that. And uh, you know, take beastly as. Y'all said had 140 yards rushing against them last year. Last week, he had 19 yards rushing. That's bad no matter who, who you playing. And uh, I just don't see, <laughs> again, I, I I don't know what you do. Uh, because really, the running game, for the most part, has been Robbie Ashford scrambling. And uh, that's not a a recipe for success. (laughs) Even though he might have scrambled for a touchdown standard if he had not dropped the ball. But what Auburn certainly cannot do is turn the ball over. And even though it doesn't seem to come naturally to them, they need to shorten the game. Because otherwise,
3: they're going to get
1: tired on defense. They
3: need to um, put the quarterback under center, put two backs in the backfield, and have some kind of deception to help the offensive line.
1: I agree. Something like that. Uh, uh, because, I mean, you can't just make wholesale changes in the middle of the season. I understand that. But, but uh, you know, a lot of coaches have told me that the more overmatched you are, the more conservative you need to be. And that's not being—that's not 38 passes. And they've done it two straight weeks and lost both of them. And, he, and one of them he passed for 300 yards. Uh, because LSU kept blowing coverages, but uh uh I, it's just uh I don't know why you know the offensive line was better last year than this. And uh and I don't really don't really understand why. Uh and do we know anything about whether uh Austin Troxel and, and uh, uh Alec are gonna play, even and this, Alec Jackson are gonna play?
0: Yeah, we do not, other than – And we don't uh, know for sure that Derek Hall is going to play, do we? You got Derek Hall, Marcus Bragg. Bragg, All I've heard is that they they expect them to play, but you never know how how it goes during a week. Uh, But even if you are, you're more likely not going to be – nobody's 100% after you played six straight games, especially after you played Georgia. So you're going to be beaten up no matter what the situation is. But, Philip, to that that point about the difference in, in the line of scrimmage, I'll tell you one big difference. And even though they didn't use him as much last year, one big difference is when your quarterback is 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 not used in the run game. And right yeah. now, the is not being used in the run game. No, he scrambles. Right? But you're right. But they don't have right. they don't have call runs just like they didn't for Bo last year. That's it. And but Bo was still a guy that people knew would 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 make plays and do some of those things. And you look at the difference in rushing. Now, it's a different offense. But from 2020 to 2021, now you know 2022 the lack of quarterback run game and how it puts so much more pressure on an offensive line. And that's a great, just, you know, it, you need that number. You need that extra number sometimes. And it's the catch 22. Robbie Ashford brings some things in the run game, but he's also fumbled seven times and hasn't been used that way. Um, and so you, you start going, okay, what happens if you give him 15 design runs and you're, you're running zone read or quarterback power, um, you know, what happens with, with, you know, ball security, some of those things, and um it's, you know, I agree. You look at Auburn, you look at success, you look at history. If Auburn can't run the ball, then normally it's a very, very bad time. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh I, I just think Ole Miss is probably good enough to not let them do that unless they make them let them do it but. By- Another thing coaches have told me for years I don't know anything, but I have talked to a lot of people who do uh there's two ways to beat uh stack box you either gotta throw it or run the option um because if you run the option, that gives you an extra guy but what have they run the zone read again since like since tight gained twenty three yards against l s u on it
0: yeah you know Robbie had the that one play where he ran one and then um they were going, to, you know. Ro- looked like Robbie was going to pull the ball um, against LSU down the goal line and dropped it, and then they they threw the interception. Of more the next play. That's been the issue. Two or three of those have have resulted in the ball being on the ground when they tried yep. to run some of those plays. And so, yeah. Um, that's that's the hard part of it. It's hard to put a lot of those things in if if ball security is an issue.
1: You know, it's interesting. Kind of changing the subject, but I was thinking this today about this being the second. Second straight top ten team Auburn's played on the road, and the second straight uh, undefeated team Auburn's played on the road, and how little resonance that has seemed to have with anybody. It doesn't seem to be part of the discussion. Yeah, and I think it's just because of where where Auburn is, where Auburn fans are, and uh, we all know what all the conversation is about. It's not about what are they going to do against Ole Miss. It's about when are they going to ch- when are they going to do something with a coach. Yep. And uh, uh, it's it's a hard place to be. There's no question about that. And uh, I don't know. It's a hard place to be if you're a player. It's a hard place to be if you're a coach. And it's as we've taught Jason, a lost Saturday, particularly a lopsided lost Saturday. And it's getting pretty
0: close to looking like 2012. It's you know me and Mark talked about that on the way home but, you know from from Athens we haven't seen this team have those types of performances, but you know Saturday you saw them just kind of wear out yeah like a little more like two thousand eight but mark we we've we we haven't seen this team do that yet, but well when they start piling up a little bit, it doesn't take much for that to turn and go in a in a pretty bad direction, does' it
3: yeah, the guys are playing hard. I, you yeah, know, they I, don't,
0: are. I agree. They're playing hard. Everybody's
3: got a problem with that. Coaches play other teammates or, or the fans. I think Auburn's got smart fans. They, can, they understand what's going on in a football game. And uh, um, I don't get any sense that people are unhappy with the players. I don't think they should be. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: No, but I tell you, they're not. <laughs> they need to get more help from the sideline too. Amen. Uh, you're not going trick plays is not the answer. That's not the answer to what ails them. And uh the fake punt, uh, in the circumstance it came in, you know, if it's 21 to nothing and you're trying to get back in the game, okay, why not try it? But it's nothing to nothing. Georgia's punted three straight times. And, uh, I mean, for the first quarter, Auburn played Georgia nose to nose for the first quarter. Yes. And then you give them that. And uh, and then it was – che- after that, that was it. And uh, then the week before – you got a wide receiver throwing the ball from the ten yard line when you about to score the winning touchdown, and, and uh, I guess uh, Coach Harson said he was supposed to throw it away. What? He's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback, <laughs> and he he's not used to what he's supposed to do. But uh, and uh, so it was, uh, and you know when he goes back. To last year, the fourth and one against South Carolina, uh, thirty-one to win the game against Alabama, and you give it to take five yards, pound line of scrimmage, Uh, uh, and uh, it just it just seems to go on and on. And they're not very good at trick plays. I need to understand that and stop trying them.
2: I was about to say I'm trying to remember, and this is a little bit. You know, this isn't necessarily an indictment of current situation, but like. It's the it's the Koy Moore one. It's that one, and it's obviously the the one against Penn State. The end around with with Kobe Hudson that was just dropped. Dead. I mean, I it's, yeah. I'm, I struggle to remember many trick plays that this this staff has executed well. It seems like every time they they try to run one, it's not. Now you were one guy away. I think if if Jaleel Irvin makes that block and seals off Nolan Smith, that was actually pretty. Luke Deal was getting upfield to be able to that. That was it was. It was a the problem is, the problem with that is. You're doing it on fourth down in your own
1: territory. Right. That's and a, you're one missed block away from disaster.
3: Yep. The risk reward is not worth it.
1: And and, and, and you're, you're asking a
3: First down, they're still 50 yards away. Yeah.
1: If they got the first down, it just meant they, their punt was shorter. Like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's all it would meant. So, and, you mean, know, think,
3: just think about this. George is coming off back to back, subpar offensive performances. The longer that game was zero, zero, the more right. pressure there was on Georgia.
1: Right. And they have come off two straight subpar offensive performance and have another one in the first quarter of that game. Yeah. yeah, They weren't they weren't doing anything.
3: And that one call changed the momentum. Oh.
1: And then in the fourth quarter, I guess what they scored on three straight possessions in the fourth quarter didn't they when Auburn was just worn out. And yeah, uh, sort of like four or five, yeah. Three, three and three if uh if uh if Ole Miss goes tempo the whole game tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow, Saturday, I'm sorry, uh, I don't see how Auburn's defense stands up to that either. And it's not their fault. They don't have any depth.
3: This is one of those games the defense better have some takeaways.
1: Yep, they yep. not need
3: to be defending 70 plays.
1: Yep. But that's why you run the ball. Even if you're not being successful, don't be afraid to punt it. Keep the ball some. Give the defense some rest, because otherwise it's not even gonna, even even if Auburn is playing well on offense, eventually it's gonna catch up with them because the defense is gonna wear out.
2: Well, there's the thing about Georgia at the end of that game was somebody asked Harson after the game, you think Auburn had only thirty yards in the fourth quarter. Something like that. I think they had the you know, the possession and a half or something like that. I mean, Georgia had the ball for pretty much the entire second half. So at that point. Yardage, all that kind of stuff, it, it starts to go out the window, and you can complete. And we saw it against Penn State too. Penn State found the ability to run the ball, similar to Georgia did, start wearing Auburn down, and then completely dictated.
1: Good um, thing for them that that uh, Stetson Bennett missed missed two yeah. out in practice early receivers, or it would have been worse. because yeah. yeah. he missed two that were out the gate.
2: Yep, yeah. yeah, I was talking to Jordan Hill who covers. Uh, used to be here covers georgia for 24 right. 7 he said number one that's the best he's seen georgia run the ball since last year um which isn't a great sign for robert and number two he, <laughs> <laughs> number two he said yeah he, he said you know Stetson normally he said he normally doesn't miss those especially with those with those couple guys because it, it was it was i believe it was McConkie and bowers that he was looking for on those two plays and he, he normally doesn't miss those guys um so yeah it could be even worse before we get into our, our predictions real quick y'all I just want to touch on it. We were talking about Robbie Ashford's play. Um, just y'all's thoughts on the the fumbling situation? Because I mean, I haven't been covering the team very long, but I have never seen anything like this at this point in the season. I mean, they they lead college football with 16 fumbles. They've only lost five of them. Um, but Robbie Ashford leads the country with seven fumbles. He got he's got six fumbles in the last three games. Um, and the next closest team, the second worst team, there's three teams tied for second worst, have 13 fumbles. So Auburn is three worse than the second worst team. I, I just I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I can't, I, I just can't wrap my brain around I it. Think, I think Nathan that it becomes a mental thing
1: sometimes. Yeah. You worry about it so much that it happens. Uh uh You yeah. know Albert had a running back named Cedric McIntyre, Jarriss's dad, that could not extraordinarily talented. But could not stop fumbling. Coach Jordan's last game at Jordan Hare Stadium, he fumbled on both one-yard lines, mm. <laughs> his own, and and going in, and and great player, great guy, hard worker. But it started happening, and it was just like a snowball. It was like he couldn't stop it, and uh, uh, and I can see some of that uh, with. Uh, uh, Robbie. Yeah. The more you, I mean, the, the fumble when he just dropped it, I mean, that's just inexplicable. He's, and he did that last week, too. He did it against LSU, too. I mean, you just dropped the ball. Uh, it's, uh, and that was against Georgia. That was about to be a big play. You got to go back to
3: the fundamentals and watch how he carries the ball. A lot of times he's got it out away from his body, he's carrying it like a loaf of bread. Um, And it's just an accident waiting to happen. And unless you've got big hands and are exceptionally strong, like Cam Newton, I mean, that's a risky way to run the football.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes guys like that, they just almost forget about the ball. They just, uh, they forget about holding it high and tight or whatever. They're just running. And, uh, and, you know, people see that ball and they're going to go after it. And, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, my honest opinion is Robbie is an immensely talented athlete. There's no question about that. But I just think he there's just he's he's just not there's nothing about his game that is polished or consistent. And uh, I don't know how that changes at this po- at this point this year.
0: No, no, it's just it's just a matter of playing time. It, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing we've talked about with a guy like Jeffrey Imba. You know, Robbie's played more football than he had, but there's still a, there's a long way from being ready to play and be a starting quarterback when you haven't taken a snap in college football. And we see it happen sometimes. There's true freshmen that do it, but normally those are guys on teams that are loaded with talent. And, yes. And, and, and that's the thing right now is Robbie Ashford's having to carry the water, the pail for, for this offense for the most part. And it's yeah. something that – it's very, difficult. it's very difficult to do. And um, I think that added pressure, knowing that I've got to make a play, I got to make a play. And I think that's become really such a difficult situation for him because you look up and, and you know, there's not many playmakers on this team, um, especially when you, tank, you you take Tank out of the equation right now in the running yeah. game right philip you mentioned earlier robbie's become the, the biggest weapon on the ground for this team with a quarterback is the best running play they got right now uh, and yeah you do that and then get behind and, and you're you're throwing the ball i mean I, I there was a couple of possessions where you know auburn's backed up on their own end and um uh, and and I understand you want to take a shot but and one of them was the was a pass where Georgia just sat back in his zone and, and Ashford threw an interception. Unfortunately for him, um, you know the ball hit the ground. But you know that was a situation where I'm like, man, you're, you're asking that guy to stand in the, in the end zone against Georgia and make a play. Um, that's just not going to happen. And uh, you're right. I think you know, I think you'll see Ole Miss be really aggressive Saturday, and uh, and they're going to go, hey, we want to make you think and do it really quickly. Work. And, yeah, and and make somebody and make somebody beat them, and uh, you know that's going to be a difficult challenge.
2: Yep, yeah, you, and you add in the factor of the offensive line being being what it is, being as inconsistent as it is, possibly missing yeah. a player or two on on Saturday, and so. What um, an yeah, uplifting what? night this has been minutes.
0: but we started talking about that they have opportunities and they do have an opportunity in this game yeah. but they also got to do better at the things that they've and it's been across the board all these situations and all these things that occur if you can continue to make those mistakes you're, you're not going to win games and this is an old Miss team that well, I don't, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think they're a threat to go win a national championship right now. They're much better than than Missouri and LSU, and if you're Auburn, you got to play a whole lot better than you have the last, really, this season. Um, yeah. When you look back at at the way this thing has gone, um, I mean, other than you know the Mercer game, I mean, since San Jose State, this Auburn team has done very little on offense, and uh, you better find it pretty quick.
1: Oh, I think I think Auburn has not yet played well enough in a sing- in an individual game to beat anybody left on their schedule, save for maybe Western Kentucky. Yep. I really don't. I don't think they because played they, well enough to beat anybody.
2: They just had to – they just were able to just pack it in for the end of that Mercer game after the delay. Yeah, played, that was played, an
1: impressive game.
2: <laughs> yeah, they played well in the first half, and they didn't have to do anything. They kind of – the game plan was shot by the delay, and they just said, well, pack it in. Other, Yeah, you're right. Other than that, it's been. That's an FCS game. I, I don't even count that much anyway. Sure. But
1: uh, but uh, I mean, San Jose is a decent team, but they're not supposed. To, they're not supposed to, to fly across the country to Auburn and it would be a fourth quarter game. And uh, uh, and then everybody else. I mean, goodness, it's. Uh, but if they if they get beat soundly by Ole Miss. It's gonna get
2: nasty. Yep. Yep. We may be having some some bigger storylines to talk about.
1: We may. I'm not convinced of it. I'm not convinced that that'll happen this weekend. If that's the case, I, I'm not convinced it won't. But uh, it seems like he's right now focused on the AD.
2: Yeah. We shall see. We'll see what happens. Hey, let's wrap. Let's let's wrap this thing up and get our predictions. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Um, we've. We've beaten this one to death here here, here tonight. I think it have done a, done a good breakdown here on both sides. Um, just, just how much of a chance do you give Auburn in this game? Uh, almost nothing.
3: Um, even though I think, you know, I walked into Sanford Stadium last Saturday, and I've been over there a lot of times. And I had no expectation Auburn was going to win that game. Now, every time I go to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, I normally have the expectation Auburn has a very good chance to win. But I put it around fifteen percent or so, and a lot of things would have to go well. And I'm I'm, haven't come up with my score yet. But I think Ole Miss will be in the thirties, and Auburn will be well under twenty.
1: Yeah. Philip, what about you? Well, similar. Uh, I think that uh, here's the thing about and a lot of these games Auburn's got left. Ole Miss. Arkansas, Mississippi State, everybody but Alabama, really, is is capable of playing bad enough to lose. So, maybe will Auburn find a way to win one or two of them? Maybe. Uh, but uh, they're certainly not going to win all of them. But as far as this one goes, on the road, uh, a motivated team that's a confident team, that's undefeated. And, you know, we talk about, and not rightly so, about Kentucky's the best team they played and whatnot, but right now they think they're really good. And uh if you're an old miss player, you think you're you think you got a really good team. And this is a big game for you. I just don't see a path for Auburn to win. I picked it thirty eight to seventeen. And the is being generous.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how much this offense can can put it together over the course of four quarters and, and, and get to that, get up to 17, 20 in that range. Um, Jason, how do you see this one playing out?
0: Yeah, I, for whatever reason, I'm just not a big believer in, in, in Ole Miss at this point. Now, I may be proven wrong, um, but you know, watching, just, just kind of watching them a little bit, um, I think it's going to be a closer game. I really do. Um, I, I, think, I still think Ole Miss wins the game. I actually think I picked 31-27. I don't know if Auburn can score twenty-seven points or not, but um, it just feels like to me that this is a game where they're going to be able to run it some, and they haven't had that. And uh, you know, I think Ole Miss. You know, offensively, you look at them and you go thirty-one would be about right where where you think they'd be. But um, yeah, when I when I think about this game, one thing just comes to me, and that if I'm an Auburn player, I know this is this is it. You lose this game, and you got two weeks to sit and stew and, and wait uh, and buy a week and everything that's going on. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's going to a motivated Ole Miss team. I think it's going to be a pretty motivated, Aub- Auburn team too, because this is this is a shot. This is it, and I think they they got to put their best foot forward. I don't know this going to be enough, but I think this team is going to come out and, and and play pretty well on Saturday. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I go back to Philip. Kind of brought up my point for me that. Uh, just haven't seen this team for most of the season play well enough just verbatim what Phillips said to to beat anybody left on their schedule in a four quarter game with the exception of probably western kentucky at home now that doesn't mean they won't do it um yeah put together the story is like you know here are the most probable games they have left you know maybe maybe you know, how do they get to five wins or six wins and everybody kind of you know goffed at it but i was like you know I, I don't think any of us would be surprised if this team jumped up and and bit arkansas and beat them or texas a. i mean these are not overly impressive teams and we've seen how they've played against auburn in the past but yeah look at this game and you know, we've talked about how big of a game it is it's a it's a it's a powder blue out you know they're gonna be um you know lane kiffin hopes because he's been ragging on their on their fans and for for decent reason um for how they've showed up to games but like we've been talking about this podcast, um, this is a big game for Ole Miss. I think they'll be highly motivated in this one, and I'm just not convinced, especially from an offensive perspective, that Auburn will be able to do much. I don't think they have a true identity at the moment. I think, like we talked about, it's just Robbie Ashford kind of doing stuff on the fly, and I don't know how much that can consistently work. So I've got Ole Miss 38-17. to 17. I think they'll be able to just run That's the ball. That's my score. And, you can't pick the same score I, I pick. Know, all right, 37-13. All right, later. <laughs> <can't be> <laughs> yeah I think I, I don't know I just think uh, I just think they'll they'll have a good opportunity to just kind of put a handle um, a handle on this game I, I am interested though to see the team that ball from the beginning of the game um, as opposed to Georgia and Penn State that just kind of put it away um, in the second half so um, y'all normally you know we'll get and we, we talk about these other games uh, we've been going a little while so we'll just touch on them really really quick because you got to talk about it you gotta talk about a top six matchup. Between uh, Alabama and Tennessee, uh, did, did any of y'all gonna go out on a on a relatively large slash small limb and and pick Tennessee? Is anyone going that direction?
1: I might if, if Bryce Young was if I thought Bryce Young wasn't gonna play. Uh, yeah. But if he plays anywhere close to full speed, uh, of course. not talking about being used to beating somebody, Alabama's working on fifteen straight against Tennessee. Uh so no i don't i don't think tennessee will be able to stop alabama that's the main thing they'll score some points but i don't think they'll be able to stop alabama even, even though it'll be a crazy atmosphere i'm sure
3: yeah i think alabama's defense is coming around so uh, i expect alabama to win but uh, yeah, it could be interesting it's certainly in the um, very real possibility Tennessee winning up there. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: There's no doubt. There's a possibility for sure. Yeah. I, I, even with Bryce Young, Alabama has not shown me that that this is a dominant offensive team outside the weapons. Um, they're running the ball pretty well so far. But Tennessee's front's not too bad. Uh, I, I said before the year started, I thought Tennessee was the only team that had a chance to challenge Alabama and Georgia in this league. I'm still sitting there feeling it. Um, I think it's a, a toss-up, like, field goal game at the end, and um, I don't know. I, I probably lean a little bit to Alabama's defense, but uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. You make a good point about their offense, Jason, because they don't – you know,
1: I know they got the guy from Georgia and whatnot, but they don't have – they don't have the just hugely explosive weapons of wide receiver they've had the last few
0: years. No, there's you look at it, there's no Devontae Smith, there's no James Williams, there's no Jerry Judy. They don't have those guys on this team, yeah. right? Uh, and and I think it's it's you know you look at it, and even at the end of the year last year, those guys are hurt. All of a sudden, that's a much different Alabama team. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they played Georgia in the national championship game, it's kind of looked that way this year. Um, so I don't know. I, you know the, that Tennessee front is 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 Pretty deep, got some size. Alabama offensive line has not been great. Um, I think it's going to be a, uh, I mean, it's going to be a wild one. I know one thing: um, there'll be four hundred thousand people surrounding Neyland Stadium on Saturday. There'll be so many people there ready to watch that game. Oh,
2: no, no question, no question. Yeah, you've got another, another top ten game um, in the big house between Penn State and Michigan. Um, I've just been, I've, Michigan hasn't played a ton of good teams so far but i've just been impressed with what they've done on both sides of the ball but I, I don't know we we could see a lot we could see a lot from penn state in this game i mean they they did a lot of impressive things against auburn but that was also auburn it, much if this
0: team. one was a, if this one was in at happy valley i'd probably go with penn state i'm 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 thinking the home field's a pretty important one because of the young quarterback from michigan having him at home i think it's a big deal there um I think it's just it's not going to be as ugly as Illinois, Minnesota, which may be the first one to ten wins. (laughs) But but I think I don't don't see this as being a shootout game. I think it's going to be a you know twenty-four to twenty kind of game that now is would mean relatively low score.
2: Yeah, yeah. On the on the opposite end of that, uh, I think I think Oklahoma State at TCU has sneaky game of the year type potential it kind of reminds me of when Baylor and TCU would play like eight years ago and it would be you know 65 to 62 or something like that these these teams are both tied for the number three scoring offense in the country yeah yeah um, it, it could be uh it could be wild will Derek Mason make the difference for Oklahoma State <laughs> we shall see um, also Kansas going to Oklahoma which Oklahoma looks completely disheveled um, Man. At this
1: point. Well, I mean, you know, your coach leaves. Not only does he leave, he leaves and takes your best players with him. That's pretty rough.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not many of those guys
1: were on defense, though. No, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody said they said their quarterback got hurt. I said, well, yeah, but they still gave yeah. forty-nine points. <laughs> still scored,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> to a yeah. pretty ordinary Texas team.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ewers is. I think a lot of people thought that offense could do a lot of things when Ewers came back, but I don't. 49 points i don't think was on the was on the bingo card and then yeah talking about Oklahoma transfers i'm interested to see we'll learn a lot about um USC playing at, at a good Utah team USC hasn't had to do that much and then when they went on the road at Oregon State they were challenged and had to score yeah
1: almost lost game. yeah my yeah, i i kind of like Utah to win that game
2: yeah yeah, we'll see. I mean, US, I mean, USC has real, has real whoever comes out of Pac-12, of course, has real playoff potential, and now it's currently USC leading things, and so we shall see. But this is, I think this is probably the best slate of games so far this season um, in terms of top end potential. There's some sort of stat about how many different top 15 matchups there are and um, how it hasn't happened in a while. So it should be a great day, and Auburn fans get to start it off early and then uh, and then attempt to enjoy the rest of the day, depending on what happens in Oxford? So, um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Appreciate everybody for listening today. This episode, of the roundtable on the Auburn Undercover podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you can go leave us a five star review. If you would like to, that is the number one thing that helps us out and boosts our ratings and uh, lets some other people know about the show. So, if you go do that, that'd be great. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode which will be the pre-game pod with the old Miss reporter from our old Miss 24-7 site previewing the game and giving a last minute fix on the Rebels we will catch you guys later everybody enjoy the rest of your week
0: wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.